Today is May the 15th. What was the secret of Solomon's reign? Let's find out together as we read 1 Kings 1-4. Today we begin our reading of 1 Kings. Just read the first four chapters. In chapter 1, David is well advanced in years. He realizes that his death is near. And other people do. His oldest living son, Adonijah, sees that daddy is about to die. So Adonijah calls Joab, the leader of the army, and Abiathar, the priest, and has himself anointed king. When Bathsheba hears about it, she approaches David and says, My husband, didn't you promise me that Solomon would be king after you? And David said, Yes. Bathsheba said, Well, your son Adonijah has appointed himself king. So David calls a group together, including uh, other members of the army, his personal bodyguard, a different priest, uh, prophets, and together they anoint uh, Solomon king over Israel. Solomon now serves as a co-regent with his father. Adonijah realizes that he overstepped his bounds, approaches his father. His father says, uh, I'll not kill you. You can still live. In chapter 2, David gives final instructions to Solomon before he dies. Um, those instructions include take care of Joab. Uh, Joab has always been looking out for himself, and uh, this is not in the best interest of Israel. It's time for someone else to lead the army. David says to Solomon, kill Joab. He eventually does. David says to Solomon, uh, Shimei, when I fled from Jerusalem, cursed me as I was fleeing. When I returned, I promised not to kill Shimei. But I didn't promise that my descendants wouldn't. He says to Solomon, make sure that Shimei is dealt with. And Solomon kills Shimei as well. David dies. And then Adonijah comes to Solomon and asks for um, the young woman who lay with David in his old age to give him warmth. Uh, she's apparently a very attractive young wooden woman. Adonijah asks for her hand. Solomon sees this as a threat against the throne. Being able to take one of his father's former wives would give Adonijah further claim to the throne. Adonijah, too, is killed. In this way, Solomon consolidates his throne. Now, in chapter 3, he has a vision of God speaking to him and saying, ask whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And he says, I need wisdom to guide this people. The Lord's pleased, he says, because of your petition for wisdom, I'll also give you fame, wealth, and power as you lead this uh, kingdom. We have the famous story of Solomon um, 
judging between two women who approach uh, with one living child among them. And then in chapter 4, we have how Solomon organized his kingdom, a fairly extensive uh, passage. All of this shows that Solomon was a good king. We'll see that later as we come back to read about the end of the life of Solomon. But for uh, several days, we're going to look at Solomon's writings, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. Enjoy today as you read 1 Kings 1 to 4. 1 Kings 1 through 4, New Living Translation. 1 Kings 1. King David was now very old, and no matter how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm. So his advisors told him, Let's find a young virgin to wait on you and look after you, my lord. She'll lie in your arms and keep you warm. So they searched throughout the land of Israel for a beautiful girl, and they found Abishag from Shunem and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she looked after the king and took care of him. But the king had no sexual relations with her. About that time, David's son, Adonijah, whose mother was Hagith, began boasting, I will make myself king. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? Adonijah had been born next after Absalom, and he was very handsome. Adonijah took Joab, son of Zeruiah, and Abiathar the priest into his confidence, and they agreed to help him become king. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Ray, and David's personal bodyguard, refused to support Adonijah. Adonijah went to the stone of Zoheleth near the spring of Enrogel, where he sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves. He invited all his brothers, the other sons of King David, and all the royal officials of Judah. But he didn't invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the king's bodyguard, or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and asked her, Haven't you heard that Hagith's son, Adonijah, has made himself king, and our Lord David doesn't even know about it? If you want to save your own life and the life of your son Solomon, follow my advice. Go at once to King David and say to him, My lord the king, didn't you make a vow and say to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? While you're still talking with him, I'll come and confirm everything you've said. So Bathsheba went into the king's bedroom. He was very old now, and Abishag was taking care of him. Bathsheba bowed down before the king. What can I do for you? He asked her. She replied, My lord, you made a vow before the Lord your God when you said to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne. But instead, Adonijah has made himself king, and my lord the king doesn't even know about it. He's sacrificed many cattle, fattened calves and sheep. He's invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited Abiathar, the priest, and Joab, the commander of the army. But he didn't invite your servant Solomon. And now, my lord the king, all Israel is waiting for you to announce who will become king after you. If you do not act, my son Solomon and I will be treated as criminals as soon as the lord my king has died. 
While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived. The king's officials told him, Nathan the prophet is here to see you. Nathan went in and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Nathan asked, My lord the king, have you decided that Adonijah will be the next king, that he will sit on your throne? Today he sacrificed many cattle, fattened calves, and sheep. He's invited all the king's sons to attend the celebration. He also invited the commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest. They're feasting and drinking with him and shouting, Long live King Adonijah! But he didn't invite me, or Zadok the priest, or Benaiah, or your servant Solomon. Has my lord the king really done this without letting any of his officials know who should be the next king? King David responded, Call Bathsheba. So she came back in and stood before the king. And the king repeated his vow, As surely as the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, your son Solomon will be the next king and will sit on my throne this very day, just as I vowed to you before the Lord, the God of Israel. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground before the king and exclaimed, May my lord King David live forever. Then King David ordered, Call Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. When they came into the king's presence, the king said to them, Take Solomon and my officials down to Gihon Spring. Solomon is to ride on my own mule. There Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet are to anoint him king over Israel. Blow the ram's horn and shout, Long live King Solomon. Then escort him back here, and he'll sit on my throne. He'll succeed me as king, for I've appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Amen. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, replied, May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, decree that it happen. And may the Lord be with Solomon as he has been with you, my Lord, the king. And may he make Solomon's reign even greater than yours. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and the king's bodyguard took Solomon down to Gihon Spring, with Solomon riding on David's own mule. There Zadok the priest took the flask of olive oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon with the oil. Then they sounded the ram's horn, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! All the people followed Solomon into Jerusalem, playing flutes and shouting for joy. The celebration was so joyous and noisy that the earth shook with the sound. Adonijah and his guests heard the celebrating and shouting just as they were finishing their banquet. When Joab heard the sound of the ram's horn, he asked, What's going on? Why is the city in such an uproar? While he was still speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. Come in, Adonijah said to him. You're a good man. You must have good news. Not at all, Jonathan replied. Our Lord King David has just declared Solomon king. The king sent him down to Gihon Spring with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, protected by the king's bodyguard. They had him ride on the king's own mule, and Zadok and Nathan have anointed him at Gihon Spring as the new king. They've just returned. The whole city is celebrating and rejoicing. That's what all the noise is about. What's more, Solomon is now sitting on the royal throne as king. All the royal officials have gone to King David and congratulating him, saying, May your God make Solomon's fame even greater than your own, and may Solomon's reign be even greater than yours. 
Then the king bowed his head in worship as he lay in his bed, and he said, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who today has chosen a successor to sit on my throne while I am still alive to see it. Then all of Adonijah's guests jumped up in panic from the banquet table and quickly scattered. Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he rushed to the sacred tent and grabbed onto the horns of the altar. Word soon reached Solomon that Adonijah had seized the horns of the altar in fear, that he was pleading, Let King Solomon swear today that he will not kill me. Solomon replied, If he proves himself to be loyal, not a hair on his head will be touched. But if he makes trouble, he'll die. So King Solomon summoned Adonijah, and they brought him down from the altar. He came and bowed respectfully before King Solomon, who dismissed him, saying, Go on home. 1 Kings 2 As the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. I'm going wherever you on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you'll be successful in all you do and wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. And he told me, if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. There's something else. You know that Joab, son of Zeruiah, did to me when he murdered my two army commanders, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether. He pretended that it was an act of war, but it was done in a time of peace, staining his belt and sandals with innocent blood. Do with him what you think best, but don't let him grow old or go to his grave in peace. Be kind to the sons of Barzillai of Gilead. Make them permanent guests at your table, for they took care of me when I fled from your brother Absalom. And remember Shimei, son of Gera, the man from Bahurim and Benjamin. He cursed me with the terrible curse as I was fleeing to Mahanaim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan River, I swore by the Lord that I wouldn't kill him. But that oath does not make him innocent. You're a wise man. You'll know how to arrange a bloody death for him. Then David died, and he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. David had reigned over Israel for 40 years, seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Solomon became king and sat on the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. One day Adonijah, whose mother was Hagith, came to see Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, have you come with peaceful intentions, she asked him. Yes, he said, I come in peace. In fact, I have a favor to ask you. What is it, she asked. He replied, as you know, the kingdom was rightfully mine. All Israel wanted me to be the next king. But the tables were turned and the kingdom went to my brother instead. That's the way the Lord wanted it. Now I have just one favor to ask of you. Please don't turn me down. What is it, she asked. He replied, Speak to King Solomon on my behalf, for I know that he'll do anything you request. Ask him to let me marry Abishag, the girl from Shunem. All right, Bathsheba replied, I'll speak to the king for you. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak on Adonijah's behalf. The king rose from his throne to meet her, and he bowed down before her. 
When he sat down on his throne again, the king ordered that a throne be brought for his mother, and she sat at his right hand. I have one small request to make of you, she said. I hope you won't turn me down. What is it, my mother, he asked. You know I won't refuse you. Then let your brother Adonijah marry Abishag, the girl from Shunem, she replied. How can you possibly ask me to give Abishag to Adonijah, King Solomon demanded. You might as well ask me to give him the kingdom. You know that he's my older brother and that he has Abiathar the priest and Joab, son of Zeruiah, on his side. King Solomon made a vow before the Lord, May God strike me and even kill me if Adonijah has not sealed his fate with this request. The Lord has confirmed me and placed me on the throne of my father David. He's established my dynasty as he promised. As surely as the Lord lives, Adonijah will die this very day. So King Solomon ordered Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, to execute him, and Adonijah was put to death. Then the king said to Abiathar the priest, Go back to your home in Anathoth. You deserve to die, but I won't kill you now, because you carried the ark of the sovereign Lord for David my father, and you shared in all his hardships. So Solomon deposed Abiathar from his position as priest of the Lord, thereby fulfilling the prophecy the Lord had given at Shiloh concerning the descendants of Eli. Joab had not joined Absalom's earlier rebellion when he had joined Adonijah's rebellion. So when Joab heard about Adonijah's death, he ran to the sacred tent of the Lord. He grabbed onto the horns of the altar. When this was reported to King Solomon, he sent Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, to execute him. Benaiah went to the sacred tent of the Lord and said to Joab, The king orders you to come out. Joab answered, No, I'll die here. So Benaiah returned to the king and told him what Joab had said. As he said, the king replied, Kill him there beside the altar and bury him. This will remove the guilt of Joab's senseless murders from me and my father's family. The Lord will repay him for the murders of two men who were more righteous and better than he. For my father knew nothing about the deaths of Abner, son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and of Amasa, son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. May their blood be on Joab and his descendants forever, and may the Lord grant peace forever to David, his descendants, his dynasty, and his throne. So Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, returned to the sacred tent and killed Joab, and he was buried at his home in the wilderness. Then the king appointed Benaiah to command the army in place of Joab, and he installed Zadok the priest to take the place of Abiathar. The king then sent for Shimei and told him, Build a house here in Jerusalem and live there. But don't step outside the city to go anywhere else. On the day you so much as cross the Kidron Valley, you will surely die. Your blood will be on your own head. Shimei replied, Your sentence is fair. I'll do whatever my lord the king commands. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, two of Shimei's slaves ran away to King Achish, son of Mekah of Gath. When Shimei learned where they were, he saddled his donkey and went to Gath to search for them. When he found them, he brought them back to Jerusalem. Solomon heard that Shimei had left Jerusalem and had gone to Gath and returned. So the king sent for Shimei and demanded, Didn't I make you swear by the Lord and warn you not to go anywhere else, or you would surely die? You replied, The sentence is fair. 
I'll do as you say. Then why haven't you kept your oath to the Lord and obeyed my command? The king also said to Shimei, You may certainly remember all the wicked things you did to my father David. May the Lord now bring evil upon your own head. But may I, King Solomon, receive the Lord's blessings. May one of David's descendants always sit on this throne in the presence of the Lord. Then at the king's command, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, took Shimei outside and killed him. So the kingdom was now firmly in Solomon's grip. 1 Kings 3 Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local places of worship, for a temple honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon, too, offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I'll give it to you. Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. You've continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you've made me king instead of my father David, but I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. Here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies— I'll give you what you've asked for. I'll give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. I'll also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. If you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I'll give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all of his officials to a great banquet. Some time later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. Please, my lord, one of them began. This woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house. But her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She lay her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. In the morning when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But I looked more clearly in the morning light. I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted. It certainly was your son. The living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine. The dead one is yours. So they argued back and forth 
before the king. Then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours. Each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two, give half to one woman, half to the other. Then the woman was the real mother of the living child who loved him very much, cried out, oh no, my lord, give her the child. Please don't kill him. The other woman said, all right. He'll be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, don't kill the child. Give him to the woman who wants him to live. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. 1 Kings 4 King Solomon now ruled over all Israel, and these were his high officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, was the priest. Elihoreph and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, were court secretaries. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was commander of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, was in charge of the district governors. Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest, was a trusted advisor to the king. Ahishar was manager of the palace property. Adoniram, son of Abda, was in charge of forced labors. Solomon also had twelve district governors who were over all Israel. They were responsible for providing food for the king's household. Each of them arranged provisions for one month of the year. These are the names of the twelve governors. Ben-Hur, in the hill country of Ephraim, Bendekar in Makaz, Shalbim, Beth Shemesh, and Elon Bethanan, Ben Hesed in Aruboth, including Suko and all the land of Hefer, Ben Abinadab in the land of Naphoth Dor, he was married to Tavath, one of Solomon's daughters. Bana, son of Ahilud in Tanakh and Megiddo, all of Bethshan near Zarathon below Jezreel, and all the territory from Bethshan to Abel Meholan over to Jachmeam. Ben Geber in Ramoth Gilead, including the towns of Jair, named for Jair of the tribe of Manasseh in Gilead, and in the Argob region of Bashan, including sixty large fortified towns with bronze stars on their gates. Ahinadab, son of Ido in Mahanaim. Ahimaz in Naphtali, he was married to Basemath, another of Solomon's daughters. Bana, son of Hushai in Asher and in Aloth, Jehoshaphat, son of Parua in Issachar, Shimei, son of Elah in Benjamin, Geber, son of Uri in the land of Gilead, including the territories of King Sihon of the Amorites and King Og of Bashan. There is also one governor of the land of Judah. The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They were very contented, with plenty to eat and drink. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River in the north to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt in the south. The conquered peoples of those lands sent tribute money to Solomon and continued to serve him throughout his lifetime. The daily food requirements for Solomon's palace were 150 bushels of choice flour and 300 bushels of meal, also 10 oxen, 
from the fattening pens, pasture-fed cattle, a hundred sheep or goats, as well as deer, gazelles, roe deer, and choice poultry. Solomon's dominion extended over all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River. From Tifsad to Gaza, there was peace on all his borders. During the lifetime of Solomon, all of Judah and Israel lived in peace and safety from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. Each family had its own home and garden. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his chariot horses. He had 12,000 horses. The district governors faithfully provided food for King Solomon and his court. Each made sure nothing was lacking during the month assigned to him. They also brought the necessary barley and straw for the royal horses in the stables. God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge, as vast as the sands of the seashore. In fact, his wisdom exceeded that of all of the wise men of the east and the wise men of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Ezrahite, the sons of Mechal, Heman, Kalkol, and Darda. His fame spread throughout all the surrounding nations. He composed some 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. He could speak with authority about all kinds of plants, from the great cedar of Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grows from cracks in a wall. He could also speak about animals, birds, small creatures, and fish. And kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll look at Solomon's writings in the book of Proverbs and ask, what is a proverb?